Welcome to the Fabulous Broads podcast. Grab yourself a drink and join the conversation about life after 50. My name is Maria Menetis, and whether I am solo or chatting with a guest, I'll be bringing you weekly stories of exploring and defining midlife one day at a time. Today, I have a very special guest, my friend Brenda Stir, who just turned 50 this past weekend. Woohoo! Happy Thank birthday, you. Brenda! I've been 50 for two days, so oh, I'm a pro. I'm a pro, is, obviously. This is exciting. And I'm actually recording this on my birthday, but it's not about me today. It's about Brenda. And today her staff surprised her with a tiara, a birthday party, and a fabulous pink tool skirt. I, I'm going to yeah. just say I'm not so much into the pink, but I am a little envious of that fabulousness. Oh, man. It was, it was a whole lot of pink. It, it had a whole kit. It had a cotton candy princessy thing to it. It was a whole lot. Of, it was a whole lot. Well, it was awesome. You know what? And you also have a daughter, so you can store that stuff for her. Whereas, I, you know, I've got boys. They don't care. Well, in addition to joining our club of fabulous broads in midlife, Brenda has been a business coach for me and for many other women. Um, She is a speaker uh, at various conventions and well, everywhere. And she's built multiple six and seven figure businesses. She's done it all really by building relationships online. I am truly in awe of this woman. That's why I wanted her on here. In addition to the fact that she's just fabulous and I always love chatting with her. And not only that, but she is a wife and a mother of two wonderful kids who are really on the way to becoming very accomplished themselves, just like their mama and daddy. Oh, they're very sassy in their own right. They totally are. <laughs> they are, especially that little one with his dimples. It's just so oh, cute. Oh, man. Well, I jokingly say my daughter is 12 going on 12. She's super introverted and quiet. And um, she's really a naive 12-year-old. And my son is 10, but he's going on 25. He's slick and kind of mischievous and very outgoing, very chatty. So he's, oh. he's, he's my sidekick. He's more of the one that wants to hang out and, you know, be on video and do lives and be on camera. He's more of a showman. Isn't that funny how they have their own personalities? However, totally. your daughter has totally broken out and she sings in a, in a choir. That's she amazing. Does. Well, that's through a lot of prodding. That's a whole lot of, we want her to, she's such an introvert and she's an introverted thinker. We want her to make friends. So if she would be perfectly happy staying home, you know, reading a book or playing on her iPad by herself all the time, we're trying to force her to be out in public and make friends. Well, that sounds like me when I was younger. And hey, look at me now. There's hope. That's right. That's (laughs) right. Now, Brenda, I always ask everybody the same question because I'm nosy. Um, What is your favorite cocktail or beverage? So um, I'm a diehard Diet Coke lover. In fact, my team got me a Diet Coke mini fridge for my birthday. It holds six cans. It's a, literally sitting right next to here next to my desk. It's a six can little mini fridge right from my desktop. It's hilarious. So I'm a Diet Coke-aholic. It's my beverage of choice. Um, and then my alcoholic beverage of choice, I would say would probably be, um, I'm from Wisconsin. So Miller beer is my beer. Um, I'm a Miller beer, Miller, a, a Miller light in a bottle, no glass. I drink my, I dr- I like a, I like a tall one. Is there anything better than an ice cold beer? I love there it. is not. There is nothing better than an yeah. ice cold beer, like with a burger or a brat or a steak. 
right? Or even if you're me, like this little Greek girl, little, you know, calamari on a beach with an ice cold beer. Yeah, I'm I'm there for it. Yeah, I am too. I am too. Um, Also, I didn't even tell you I was going to ask you this one, but what book are you reading right now? Any any um, suggestions for a good book that we can add to our list? Well, I'm not, I'm not reading a business book. I'm reading a book about fasting. I'm reading a diet book and a health book about the health benefits of intermittent fasting. So um, I don't have it next to me, but it's by um, oh, Jen Stevens. Always, yeah, I love to do intermittent fasting. I feel like I could eat more, but just I can actually tell you doing- the name. The name of the book is um, Delay, Don't Deny, Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. That's what I'm reading right now. Oh, so, well, that's fabulous. I, I, yeah, it's great. And there's I'm a whole... for new books. Well, I found that, you know, especially, well, I turned 50. I've, I have like tons of experience being 50. I've been 50 for about 36 hours now. <laughs> so, <laughs> but... Um, you know, even in my forties, everything sort of starts to slow down and you kind of, it's not as easy to lose weight. It's much easier to gain weight. And so I've been looking for different things, but I also really, really like, I'm a sugar person. I like candy. I like cupcakes and sweets. Um, and you know, I don't want to give that up. <laughs> so I tripped over intermittent fasting just to sort of, a. I found a Facebook group or something along the way, I joined a group, fell down that rabbit hole. And then picked up one of her books and I've been reading, reading about it. So my husband's actually doing a fast as we speak right now, but I, I like bar. intermittent fasting. I try not to eat anything after dinner except for tea. We yeah. Same. Tea so I, dinner. yeah, I basically eat between 12 and six every day. Yeah. That's kind of it. And then I don't really yeah. have much in the morning. I don't really have anything in the evening, which is hard. Cause it used to be more of like, Ooh, ice cream in the evening. It's it's hard to give that stuff up. And, you know, I've had, I've had eight years experience being 50 now, so I can, I can be your go-to for certain things. If you need me to be, (laughs) you will be my pro I'll be your protege, right? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So Brenda, I, um, woke up on Saturday and you had written this wonderful post on Facebook on your public page, which I am going to include in the show notes because I found a lot of value in it. Um, but you mentioned, aside from turning 50 and for many people, it's just a milestone, but you said you had an arbitrary line in the sand when you turned 50. What, what did you mean by that? What, what was that all about? So, um, it has to do with the fact that my husband is 18 years older than me. He's, uh, 18 and a half years older than me. So he is 68 and a half right now. And we have a 10 year old and a 12 year old. So we are, fam- we, I jokingly say we are family 2.0. Um, and he's retired. He retired three years ago and um, he does hundred percent of our kids stuff. He does all the carpooling. He does all the homework. He does all the checking in with the teachers and he does like, he's the house husband. He does all of that thing while I work. And 50 was this arbitrary line where I would decide if I wanted to retire because I don't want to be working till I'm 65 and he's 83. Right. Until I didn't. Right. Because at some point I want to be able to travel and I want to be able to just sort of have this retirement time because he's older. Um, But we're also constrained by the school calendar. My kids are in seventh and fourth grade. So we have minimally five more years till my daughter's out of school and eight more years till my son is. So um, but 50 was sort of this line where um, I had told my team, I had told everybody. 
that, well, after 50, I don't know what it's going to look like. We might decide to road school. At one point, we had talked about sort of, you know, getting an RV and traveling the country and doing homeschool. We talked about that for a while. We talked about, um, uh, you know, going to live abroad for a year. We talked about that for a while. And so none of those came to pass. It's the whole, then COVID and, you know, logistics. Yes, everything. So, but 50 was this line where if I wasn't married to someone who was retired, it wouldn't have been a line. But because he's retired and it's as soon as we get to the point where Mike, we're no longer constrained by a school schedule. And he's, he's, cause right now he literally lives and dies between, you know, his whole world revolves between eight fifteen and three fifteen, Cause he drops off and picks up the kids. Right. right. Um, and, but I still work full time. So, but 50 was this line where I had been building up to it for a really long time, not knowing what our life would look like at this moment. Um, and whether, you know, what his health would be, what my health would be, how the kids would be, how school would be. So 50 was this sort of just arbitrary line in the sand of going, well, I'm going to decide what to do at 50. Um, so now I've kicked that out five more years. I know. So now it's kind of like, okay, well, my daughter's in seventh grade. She'll graduate in five years. I'll be 55. My son will be in a sophomore, freshman, sophomore in high school. And, you know, we'll be more, they'll be more independent. And we'll be more flexible in our schedule. So we'll see. But while we're still constrained by a school schedule, there's not a whole lot. There's not a, but here's what my biggest fear was, was if I'm going to be sitting at home all day anyway, I may as well be sitting at home working. And I may as well be sitting at home because what would I do with myself? If I was, would I watch TV all day? What would I do with myself? That was my bigger fear of going, I don't really, my Maria, you know, my hobby is working. <laughs> My hobby is well, socializing. So my, my hobby is hanging out online and playing and, you know, finding new interest. My, I'm, I'm a learner by nature. I love reading. I like learning new things. I try new things. I'm an early adopter of things. And um, my biggest fear was, and to this day, it still is like, what will I, what will I do after I retire? I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know what I would do. So I I think I somehow feel like you would land on your feet and somehow find some other fabulous thing to do that'll launch a whole other side gig for you. (laughs) It sounds exhausting thinking about doing that again. But I was a girlfriend of mine said, well, you should take a gap year, you know, like after high school, between high school and college, kids take a gap year. And then the year is where they just kind of explore and aren't committed to having to earn money or have a job. And I'm like, maybe I need a gap year. Well, you know, know. The, you, um, your yeah. kids are actually physically in school. If yes, they, they weren't and they were just distance learning, you could have gone on the road. You could have, um, well, you yeah, know, we foreign travel, I guess, living abroad probably wouldn't be on the table, but you could have rented a huge, fabulous pink RV and, and gone oh on the God, road with Wi-Fi and, and just traveled because they would have been able to do their schoolwork yeah. right there. Still an option, Brenda. I don't know if I'm ready to, maybe, maybe someday, but right now they're both public school kids. My son is deep in sports. Um, He's a football kid. My daughter's in the Phoenix children's choir and uh, you know, we're, we're, we live in the suburbs. We, we drive carpool. We're like regular yeah. you know, suburban families that have kids in elementary school. Yeah. So. And that was my life a long time ago. But now that my baby is 19, I don't, I don't have that anymore. So this is my reinvention is a podcast. I know. I love it. Not? I love it. Why I absolutely not? love it. So Brenda, I met you 
Uh, probably when did you start this, the socialite suite, which is something I, um, I started well, this year, this year was my, um, six year anniversary of being, having my own business. So four okay. years, which is my paid coaching community, six year as my all coaching communities. Um, so probably in five to six year range. Right. I had been in a couple of direct sales companies um, with Stella and Dot for a while. Mm-hmm. And then I moved on to LuLaRoe, which is initially when I met you yeah. and you became my personal business coach as well. Yeah. Um, and I joined your community just because I needed a little bit of direction because I became really busy and swamped and um, things kind of snowballed from there, honestly. And it, we, I actually met you in person in New Orleans at a team yep. retreat, which was great. Yep. I was remember phenomenal. wandering the streets during our tours I and, and I got to meet your husband, Tom, and we huh? really had a great time. But you have based your entire business, and I just want to kind of, uh, we can do a quick recap of how you started it, but you based it all on building connections with people online. You had minimal contact in person with a lot of these people in your online community. Even your initial business was done entirely online. And what, what, uh, I mean, if you could have fast forwarded to the year 2020 and now when everything is basically done online because you don't have a choice, I right? <laughs> I mean, you were sort of like predicting this way back when. Oh, I know. It's so funny because I, you know, the the whole reason I started online was not necessarily because, so my, for those who might not know what my story is, I am a business coach and I work specifically with direct sellers and multi-level marketers. Um, specifically in building social marketing, authentic relationship-based connection. Um, I And I know there's a lot of stigma about direct selling and multi-level marketing, but I'm here to say I agree with most of it. And the reason it exists is because of people who do it badly. The reality right. is, right. is that, yeah, there's a whole lot of spammy crap out there because people do it badly. And my mission, if there is such a thing as a mission, is to change direct sales for the better by simply having people do direct sales better. Um, authentically with value, creating connection, creating serving before selling, um, focusing truly on, you know, relationship value and not what can you do for me, but how can I help you? Um, Who wants to help me earn my trip? Uh, Well, unless you're taking me with you, probably no one, right? Versus how can I help you achieve a goal in your life? How can I help you connect with your family or feel more confident in your own skin or feel more beautiful or feel more, uh, find a success in your business. How can I help you in some way with free or premium products? How can I help you solve these things that you want to achieve in your life? That's where you're going to find community. So it's very much about serving and abundance before it's about trying to help me win my incentive trip. So, um, and the reason that I started in this in the first place had nothing to do with direct selling at all. <laughs> I was very anti-direct sales. I kind of was very much of the stigma that I didn't, you know, go to grad school to sell jewelry in ladies' living rooms. This was not what I went to school for. Um, I was corporate for two decades and um, sort of had this anti-direct sales stigma. I had it myself um, because it was because it was spammy, <laughs> right? So that's kind of what we think about and. Um, I ended up kidnapping a direct sales company when I was 42 and it was because it was blingy and it was cheaper to buy the kit than it was to pay retail for what I wanted. Right. That's so what up, kidnapping is just so people know is. you just buy a starter right. kit with no intention of working the business. I do that None. all the time. 
<laughs> me too. I still do. I yeah. mean, I still do it. It's, I consider it business research now. <laughs> Ooh, so good. I kidnapped and um, I started what I call wearing, caring and sharing, which is sort of like, you know, I'm wearing this jewelry. I'm showing people what it is. I was talking about it and I was basically saying, and I felt like I'd found, I felt like I had found a loophole. Like you should buy the kit. Like I'm whispering it. Like you should buy the kit and do what I did. And then suddenly people were buying the kit and suddenly people were like sharing it with their own friends and family and they were buying at discount and they were buying wholesale and they were having a little party here and there. And, um, but I was traveling for my day job significantly. I had a corporate career as a technology executive and, um, my, my sort of my thought was, well, if I'm going to do this, I don't want to be gone evenings and weekends doing these, you know, home parties or vendor events. Cause I'm already traveling for my day job. My kids were babies at the time. And I'm, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it my own way. I'll stay within all the rules, but I'm gonna do it my own way. And I'm gonna do it online. And that was kind of it. I just sort of, you know, just decided <laughs> that I'm just going to do it this way. Um, and it was self-serving at the time. It was purely like, well, if I'm going to do this and make some money, it wasn't because I was going to turn into a coaching empire. It was going to be because I just wanted to not have to travel on the weekends and evenings. Well, that wasn't um, necessarily a snowball. That was an avalanche that you created there with well, your right. business. So what, it, yeah. what ended up happening was I ended up doing it online. I figured out how to do online parties and online relationship building and creating community taught my team how to replicate it, had a million dollar team and a thousand person team within a couple of years. And then people across the company started asking me to how I, what I was doing. Like my team was earning all these awards. We were on the stages for all these incentives. And it was, I st people started asking, well, can you come teach my team how to do whatever you're doing? And I said, I went to my company and I said, can I, can I charge people for this? Because I'm, they want me to travel and I'm working full time. And I'm, this is sort of my own team's personal knowledge. And they're like, no, you right. can't profit on the field. And I said, okay, well, I'm gonna go do it myself. So I left. And that was very much on a kind of a wing and a prayer. I kind of like jumped off the edge of the cliff without really any idea if there was a net there. Yeah. Cause I, nobody else was really teaching authentic relationship-based marketing specifically within direct selling. It was very, very narrow. And I was like, well, there's, if I have this hypothesis that other people want to do this better and kind of feel gross and spammy, like they're burning out their friends and, or they're, you know, monetizing their friendships or they're turning them into commodities. And that's not really what relationship building is about. So I sort of said, I have this hypothesis that other people want to do direct sales better. I believe there's a market. I have no idea how big it will be. And let's just see what happens. So my first thought was, okay, well, I'll teach everyone how to do Facebook parties because that's what I was doing. And I simply created a video course. And it's so funny to think back now because um, six years ago, I had zero intention of being a public speaker. I had zero intention of having a public coaching presence. I was going to make video courses and monetize the back end with affiliate links. That was my whole strategy. I was not going to be publicly present. I was going to be sort of sideways present, <laughs> like provide a whole lot of value, but monetize the video views. You know what I mean? Yes. I was going to like not be selling coaching. It was never part of my game plan. Um, so we launched a Facebook group and started selling what I was my flagship course. And, um, the group exploded to a hundred thousand, 120,000 people in two years. I remember that hundred thousand like, oh party. <laughs> it was insane. It was insane. Um, the, and then it was kind of like, okay, well, there's other people who want to do this better too. 
I guess there's a market. <laughs> so by then people teach me Instagram and things like that. Well, I remember distinctly when you had your free group and you started uh, a paid group called the Elite Suite, mm-hmm. um, and it was primarily geared towards people who sold what I sold, but then it expanded and yeah. not really being content with that. You reinvented that a few years later too, and because you're always learning, you're teaching yeah. people, but you yourself are always learning, which is what yeah. I appreciate because you could easily have said, well, you know, I've got this group and it's, it's doing well. And I'm, and, but you, you searched out and you found ways to improve that and increased your presence tremendously. Right. Um, but I also want to say that I don't think your coaching is is only limited to people who are in direct sales because what you provide no, the value, it's for other businesses as well. People have true. gone on from learning yes, your true. ways to become business coaches in their own right, uh, podcasters, um, starting their own digital businesses. Um, That's true. I would I agree with that. The I, I speak to direct sellers because direct sales has a very specific delivery model. They deliver through parties typically, right. but marketing is universal, right? You have to um, identify your ideal client, figure out who you're speaking to, identify what his or her problem areas are, and then how you can help solve them. So marketing and selling are not the same thing, right? So Marketing is a sort of universal skill. I talk marketing, right. but I talk to direct sellers because their delivery is often constrained by compliance and they can't run ads and there's things they can't do. Right. Um, but, and their delivery is often very narrow and they're not trying to, and here's the other thing, the thing about direct sales. And I also think this is applicable to um, women, let's even say over 50, is that there's a whole lot of mindset. Here. There's a whole lot of mindset challenges. People who either feel like they don't have anything to offer, they don't feel like they have any, um, they're not, they've never done something like this before. Um, they're not sure what their voice, their online voice is. They're not sure if they have a story that's worth sharing. Um, they don't feel, they feel like their life is boring. Like who would want to listen to me? My life is so boring. Y'all, this is, th- this is the thing. Maria, you know this. I work at home. I'm a hardcore homebody. I go literally nowhere. In fact, we took my car out this weekend and <laughs> my car was filthy because it's been sitting in the garage for like 10 days. I never go anywhere. My husband, like I said, my husband's retired. He does all the kid running around. Um, he does a grocery shopping during the day. He runs to Costco during the day. I don't, do, I don't go anywhere. So I, my life from, from an outsider's view is very boring because I don't do anything. I work at home. I watch TV in the evening and I go to sleep and that's kind of it. And at face value, it's very boring. But what I do and what I teach everyone to do is that everyone has something weird or quirky or interesting that you can narrate about your own life and how you narrate your life is what you're a little bit self-deprecating, a little bit funny, a little bit, you know, relatable. And you say, you know what, this is kind of who I am. This is kind of it. Authenticity. (laughs) always wins. It always always wins. People can spot a fake a mile away. And that's why I appreciate you. You don't go around saying that you're something that you are not. You know, I I find that I'm a suburban mom. Why is it right? Why is it that I know that you love pink Sharpies and the color pink and Diet Coke? Because you talk about them and it's funny and it's quirky and and 
I enjoy it. And, and that kind of leads me to my next question. Uh, okay, I'm 58. I, you're 50. I'm sorry to keep bringing that up, but you are. Okay. I'm just telling you. I totally am. But there are women in your community of all ages, right? From 20s all the way up to 70s, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Huh? So our oldest, we... our oldest, I think our oldest community member is in her 80s. She's right. Stanford so is it is it ever too late to start something? Of course not. It's so it's so crazy. And you know. I was thinking about it over the weekend when I wrote this post, Maria, that you mentioned. And, um, you know, a lot of us, and this is actually very timely because I've, one of the, my, one of my 2021 words of the year, you know how we do like a word of the year, I call them power words. Um, one of my words is now, N-O-W. And the reason I chose this word was because I found myself in COVID 2020 saying things like, well, when I stop working, then dot, 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 when, um, when I lose weight, then I will dot, dot, dot. And we, we, everyone does this. Everyone does this. When the kids graduate, then I will dot, dot, dot. Right. And I found myself saying this a lot. And because my husband's older, one of the things I also layered in there was, well, when Tom dies, then I will dot, dot, dot. And I caught myself. I had been doing this for weeks. And I was like, what the hell, Brenda, get your act together. Why are you not doing these things now? And they were tiny, weird little things. Like I want to get a pink couch. When Tom dies, I can buy a pink couch or I could buy a pink couch now because I want a pink couch. So yeah. I had to, I had to reframe my brain to be like, what are you waiting for? Because every one of us does this. When I lose weight, when I have more money, when the house is clean, when the kids are out of school, when my spouse retires, when I something, fill in the blank, right? Everyone does this. And all we're doing, and the, the story that I come back to is I had a girlfriend when I was in my 30s, and or I was, she was, we were in our 20s. But when we were in our 30s, I remember her vividly saying to me, I had already bought a house and had all my own furniture and I was single. And I remember asking her, when are you going to buy a condo? And she said, well, I don't want to buy a condo and then have my husband not like it. She wasn't even dating anyone. She was completely single. And all I was thinking was you're waiting for your life to start. You're yeah. waiting for something to happen for your life to start that you're not, you're putting the, you're putting the onus and the control and the authority Onto something that hasn't happened yet versus doing what you want, right? right? What would make you happy in this moment? And it can be something tiny. Like I want to sit and I want to read a book by myself for 10 minutes today. And maybe it's taking that tiny little bit of ownership, that tiny little bit of control back all the way up to, you know, I want to buy a pink couch or I want to go on vacation or I want to stop working as much. I want to make these bigger life decisions, but I want to do them now while I can still appreciate it. And my husband can appreciate it. We can be together to do it, whatever it is, versus saying, you know, I have this laundry list of things I'm going to do after he's gone. I mean, I, I had to catch myself. It's, it was really timely. And it's a mindset. Where I put it on my phone. I put them on my phone where they're now, the power words are literally like on my home screen, on my phone. Arena, 
balance, read them to me. Okay. Arena, balance, joy, self, now, and love. I love that. That's a great, and, a great and idea. A little, I have a quote. I'm better than I was, but not as good as I will be. I put that on my, with some pictures of what are, you know, I think important, that's important great. to me. I might have so, to make up something like that for our, uh, for our listeners to have them. Yeah. It's just a tiny little thing, but that was such a big thing for me to recognize like, wow, I see myself doing this and not being in the moment and not being present. Cause it's, you know, you look back over 50 years and I can remember vividly certain things that happened at various different points. When I was 10, that was when I was allowed to get my ears pierced. I remember vividly getting my ears pierced when I was 10. My mom took me to the mall in Paramus, New Jersey. I remember turning 16 because I had a sweet 16 birthday party. I mean, I remember these milestone moments, right? right. And what I don't want to be, and there's ne- never in a million years did I think, wow, I can't wait to turn 50, right? No one's like, wow, I can't wait to be older. <laughs> but I also want to reflect on the moment and says, okay, 10 years from now, I'll be looking back on this moment at 50 and saying, wow, look at all the things that I was able to do in this last 10 years, in this decade. What were all the things I was able to cross off my bucket list or, you know, things that I could do now versus when I lose weight, when I hit this milestone, when my husband retires, when my kids are out of school, dot, dot, dot. Right. Um, So I've really been working hard on that in my own mindset because 50 was a milestone for me in a lot of ways, business wise, mindset wise. And I've really been trying to be present in that space right? Be present in that time of what are the things I actually want right now? Well, it's important to make it clear. I, I I mean, you had this epiphany of why wait? And I, and I had always been in that mindset before, but not to be depressing or down, but my brother died when he was 44. He just didn't wake up. And I had seen him a few days before, and he said, I'm going to go to the beach. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm feeling really good. It's a gorgeous day. It was June. I'm just, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm just feeling great. That was Monday and Friday morning. He didn't wake up. And that was the biggest, biggest wake up call of my life. Not my father dying, not a divorce, but just this, oh my gosh, (laughs) What if I don't wake up? What am I waiting right. for? And what that waiting was for right? I can I can clearly just feel that was the moment for me that that was it. Like I don't care if I wake up, it's a good day, and that's just the way it's going to be yeah. from now on. Because I woke up and exactly I stopped counting right. after I turned fifty. I had to really focus <laughs> today that I'm fifty eight because I don't feel fifty eight. I really do feel like a rebellious little wild teenage child. Well, isn't that the funny thing? That's it right there though, right? It's my mindset. It's a mindset thing. So I'm, I feel the same as I did when I was 30. I'm still sort of like, you know, sassy and made of paint glitter and giggly and girly. I don't feel like I need to go turn into my grandmother. I remember my grandmother, my, 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 my husband is only two years younger than my father. My, my husband is 68 going on 50. My father is 70 going on 90. You know how there's like people who are kind of less old, right? My husband's not. So just to, just this weekend, because he turned 70 in a year and a half, we were talking about, you know, my 50 milestone and his turning 70 in a year and a half. And what are we going to do for his birthday? 
And we were talking about like, we've been, we've both wanted to, when we are older, right. This, when some future point in time, right. we said, great, we want to do an Alaskan cruise. So his homework right now is to start researching Alaskan cruises. Cause we're going to do one when he turns 70. Um, and, you know, bring the kids and turn it into a whole thing and do the whole big giant experience. But, you know, we're trying to be more present in, in the moment, in the moment. Yeah. Maybe that's the best way to say it. It's important. Is, it's just so fleeting because you look back and you're like, I remember my daughter was just born a hot second ago and now she's in seventh grade. I mean, I just started my business a minute ago and now it's been six years and millions of dollars later. Where did it all go? I yeah. don't even... I'm not even sure it happened. Yeah, it passes. Like, what and, happened? And don't you see, like, if you look back at pictures of your parents at age 50, don't they look like they're in their 60s? Like, I don't well, feel that old. way. I don't, I don't feel old. that way. And I totally feel like I'm a much younger person. Yeah, And a exactly. body with some creaky knees that I've got to work on. Yes, <laughs> creaky knees and, you know, could stand to lose a little weight. Intermittent fasting might do it. My gray hair is popping out. But, you know, it's... I'm, <sighs> I don't feel, I don't feel older. And my, my daughter was joking over the weekend. I, I, we went shop, my husband took me shopping on Saturday for my birthday. And may I advise you not to go shopping on your birthday and try to try on clothes in a dressing room. Not good for the ego. Anyway, <laughs> I bought a, <laughs> I bought a couple things. I came home with a couple cute t-shirts. And the first thing my daughter did is said, well, can I borrow it? And I'm like, she's 12 asking me to borrow my 50 year old t-shirts that are too big on her. Um, but she, I, I don't, I feel like I'm hip enough to like, you know, get away with my daughter wanting to wear my clothes if they don't, I don't, fit yet. I don't know if I'm I never enough, did that but... with my mother. <laughs> no, I didn't either. And I don't know that I'm hip enough, but I don't have, well, I have a daughter-in-law who's wonderful, but you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't have any girls, so I don't have that experience, but you know what? Let me just ask you one final question because I yeah. feel like. You know, we're talking a lot about what, how we feel now in 50, but what do you think this next decade um, is going to bring for you? What do you hope it brings for you? Um, the biggest single thing I need to figure out in the next decade is I need to figure out a succession plan for my business. That's the next, that's the single biggest thing. Um, I don't want to be working 10 years from now. I want to be done. And I've told, I've told my kids, I've told my husband, apparently I'm telling the whole internet right now that the outside <laughs> well, at edge, least my listeners, you will be. Yeah. That's right. The entire world, all <laughs> millions of listeners. Um, I've, you know, the outside edge of stopping working is when my son graduates high school, because that's the official time where I'm not constrained by a school ca calendar anymore. Yes. And I can, we can go away for a month and we can go anywhere we want without our kids. They're going to be off to college. So I've got sort of an eight year outside window, seven and a half year outside window. Um, so I really have to figure out that I have to figure that out. And I, when I posted my post on my birthday, the one that you mentioned, I specifically said 50, I was going to make these big decisions. What am I going to do with my business? And people commented in that thread and said, oh my gosh, thank God you're not announcing this today. So I, oh, yeah, I saw that you said it was uh, people were freaking with that number I know. one or two. Like, oh, my God. What are you what are you saying, Brenda? You, I'm like, no, I'm not shutting things down. So I know that I have to figure out what to do because my big, big goal can is always to figure out how to support my community. But I also have to create better boundaries. I'm not good at that. I'm not very I'm not very good at boundaries, um, <laughs> which is why, you know, you have to figure out when you have a social based presence to not let the entire world eat your soul. Um, that's a challenge, 
you have to figure out how to not let people because you give an inch, they'll ask for a mile. Right. Right. Um, And it's just how it is. And it's just the nature of humanity, I suppose. Um, So I have to figure out how to make sure my community is sustainable without me. I'm not really sure what that looks like yet. Um, If that's a succession plan or what on the personal side, um, I don't really have any bucket list items. My biggest, my biggest objective is to be more present in now and there's not so much things I want to accomplish in the next decade is I want to be able to take action quickly on something I want. So if we want to plan a trip, if we want to make a purchase, if I want to do something, I want to figure out how to do it now versus be like, well, I can do that in five years when the kids graduate. Right. Or when I'm done working, I want to figure out how to do those things now. Um, So those are the, it's not so much a bucket list of things as much as I want to be much more present in, I want to be more present. I've struggled with finding balance with work and family and self-care has always gone to the bottom of the list. Always. (laughs) Like I don't sleep enough. I don't exercise enough. I, so I'm working on those sort of pieces of balance between work and family and self. Those are things that are sort of continual bucket list present items. Um, I'm doing yoga every day now. That's something brand new. I've done a lot. I hasn't even been public. It's not like I advertise it. I just, I've been doing yoga every morning, which I have been loving because it's stretching me out and finding things that I didn't, it's like muscles I didn't know I had. (laughs) That's been really good. Um, And I just do it in my bedroom. I get out of bed, I brush my teeth, I pee and I do yoga. That's all I do. I do it. I do it right next to the bed and I have a little video that I run. So, um, and it takes 15 minutes and it's the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning. It's awesome. But it's a nice routine. It just focuses you yeah, on yourself and, and just right. mindfulness and breathing and stretching yeah. and it feels good. That's awesome. Yes, exactly. So I've been trying to be more present and I don't want to be sitting here. What I really don't want is I don't want to be sitting here at 60 going, well, where did the last decade go? What do I, versus trying to be in the moment and remember the moments and maybe journal the moments or be more mindful of being in the moments. That's really what I'm trying to focus on um, and making thoughtful decisions about the people that are in those moments with me, whether it's my team or my family or my public community. Um, I'm really trying to be more present in those moments. And that's, you know, right down to the word on my phone, on my phone screen. Um, And this really big revelation that really honestly was just in the last few months that I was kicking all this stuff down the road to like, I'm holding off being happy, right? I'm holding off, I'm deferring things that I want. Like I wanna buy this thing on Etsy, but why wouldn't I buy it? Well, cause my husband might not like it. Well, I don't care if he likes it. I'll stick it out here in my office where he doesn't see it. <laughs> I like it. Right, I, those yeah. Little I, des- those little decisions are, I'm much more conscious of, and I wanna be, I wanna be present in those decisions more thoughtfully um, so that six, you know, 60, a decade from now, which I will blink and it'll be here. And like me <laughs> <laughs> right around the corner, right? Yeah. So I'll blink. It'll be here. And then you'll sit back and go, well, where did the last decade go? Yeah. And I want to be able to very clearly say, these were the things that I took ownership of and made happen because I wanted them to happen. I mean, we took this trip and we did these things. We did these things as a family. And I did these things myself. And I made investments and things that I want with my time or my emotional space. These are the things I spent my time on. Um, and I want them, I want, you know, it's sort of like, do you, do things happen to you or do you control what you make happen? 
right? Well, I think, Brenda, if anyone can accomplish that, it's you. You certainly have the ability to make things happen. And I know, I know that by age 60, everything that you want will come true. And you will be with the perfect succession plan and a fabulous trip and whatever you want will, I'm sure, come true. That's my goal. And happy birthday to you today. Well, thank you. What are you, are you celebrating? What are you celebrating today? Well, as I mentioned, I have a fabulous daughter-in-law, the only one, the other two boys have really big shoes to fill. She brought me a keto lasagna yesterday for dinner. And I got to see two of my three boys and we had a lovely family dinner. And tonight I'm going to have a little, I don't know, maybe a little Zoom cocktail party or something. It's You know, it's quarantine time here, and I'd rather everybody be safe than, you know, be together celebrating a birthday, so. I get it. Same here. It's okay. Sort of the the weird birthday that wasn't. It's it's okay. I had a little (laughs) cupcake, and I, um, you know, I got to chat with you, and I want to thank you. I know you're swamped, and you're busy, and I thank you for joining me today, and you're um, welcome. Thank you. I hope everyone enjoyed today's interview. Make sure to check in the show notes for information on Brenda. Um, you can visit her website, brendastir.com. And you can subscribe to the podcast if you are so inclined. Uh, stay fabulous, Brenda and all of the thank wonderful you. ladies. Thank, thank you. you so much.